Welcome to the Makom Israel Teachers Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners with Israel by discussing and exploring current events and relevant issues. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Feeling new this year. All right. Well, yeah, first one of uh, 5780. Very exciting. And here, our colleague... Benji Davis. How are you, Benji? Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Our topic for today will be uh, torture in general, connected to a specific story that's been going around in the media that the Israeli secret ser- the security services captured a terrorist bomber who is in critical condition. And this has caused a bit of an internet... Well, he went into critical condition after... He'd yeah. been in custody for a when while. They, when, they, when they caught him, he was not in critical condition. <laughs> and now he is in critical condition in the hospital, apparently attached to a ventilator, uh, having some sort of heart problem. Oh, the news, I would say, is very vague. Just well, because the Israel, Israel is, as usual, has basically is clamped down on what it's yeah. sharing. All, all Israel is saying is he's in the hospital. but And yeah. the rest of it is coming from uh, his lawyers and... And, and the Palestinian, Palestinian Authority, who, yeah. uh, you know, Palestinians having protests and trying to get the international community. His name is Samer Arbid. He, the Israeli security forces are saying he's responsible for the explosive device that killed Rina Schnurb, the 17-year-old girl who was killed in August, and injured her family members. Right. This they, guy was responsible. Yeah. He was the head of the cell that mm-hmm. uh, that executed the... The, the terrorist attack so, in the in Samaria in the Shamron at a spring that the family was um, having a little vacation at. Yeah, not a West Bank family, not that that matters, but yeah, uh, they were from Lod, and uh, uh, and and the claim is that he was the head of this cell, and that the claim is also that they were planning more bombings, and so the security forces used what's euphemistically called extreme ter- interrogation techniques. That's the accusation. And again... With non-euphemistically, people call it torture. Torture. <laughs> so, and, and and the security forces are super vague about things that are still going on, so we don't have any clear news. There's some unclarity about whether he was injured while they were uh, arresting him mm-hmm. or whether he was tortured, although it does seem that... They're, they invoked a ticking time bomb scenario, in which case you, I guess, are allowed to use through, more. Through the courts, through the Israeli yeah. courts. I mean, this is a legal process. Like, I, I guess you could say it's analogous to like getting a warrant, right? right. You, you think someone is suspicious of something, you want to go into their house, you need to go to a judge, ask for permission to go into it. The judge decides. If the judge says yes, you can. If the judge says no, you can't. It's the same here. You go to the courts. You go. To, I don't know exactly how the whole I don't process. Know how it works. The whole process, but you get legal um, uh, backing in terms of Israeli law uh, to to use the certain measures. And again, we don't know exactly what happened. But to be uh, clearer, ticking time bomb means you you could, in theory, capture an enemy who's responsible and you want to get information. So that would not be any... You, there is no legal sanction for torturing that person to get information. There's also pretty clear evidence over years that it's not useful to getting information because they just tell you things that you can't verify and they're not useful. However, a ticking time bomb scenario is there is an imminent attack coming and you want to prevent it. And so you get the suspect to tell you what's coming and that right. you can defuse in this case, literally, because it's a pipe bomber. Mm. And the argument is that should have more legal... Right. That should have... that. Uh, you should be able to more leeway in the physical force you use to try and prevent an imminent threat. 
And so this guy is ahead of a cell, and the rest of the cell hadn't been caught yet. Right. Um, I guess, again, we don't know all the details. No. But that's the, the little bit of details that are floating through is that, and, and then the Army and the security services uh, over the weekend or over the holiday, I guess. I'm yeah. a little bit confused now. Weekends, holidays. But uh, did seem to catch at least three or four More members guys. of his cell that were under him that the claim is had a bomb ready to go. So, Do you think this would be a bigger story a, in the media if it weren't for all the election, you know, the coalition back and forth? Well, is BB going to stay in? in? The, is he going to talk right. to Lieberman? I mean, in the Hebrew that's media. The main, that's the main story in the Hebrew media, right? Yeah, yeah. but I would say it's, I mean, in the Hebrew media, it's still making uh, front pages on mm-hmm. the, on the because uh, you can call them front pages on the internet sites, right? It's top, right. top, 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 news top story. three stories. I haven't really heard anything about it on the radio recently. It's mm. not as big a story as I think it would be. I think this would be a hotter topic. They're not. And in the, the English media, I mean, the co- political yeah. commentators are not talking about. They're it. not really talking about it. And if anything about violence is being talked about on the radio, is more of violence in the uh, Arab communities. Right. I would say in the old right. days we would call this like right. below the fold, like it's on the front page, but it's when you fold the newspaper in right. half. It's like towards the bottom. And I think if it weren't, if we weren't in coalition forming season, and I and think, and and BB's. Corruption, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corruption cases, yeah, that, that are have you know come to his lawyers are now presenting you know. to the hearing about whether you know the indictment will go right. forward. He's, they're appealing I, the I, indictment. I think it might yeah. stem from perhaps of um, we just don't know what to do about the conflict right. in general, and so any of these morality issues or solving the conflict uh, in terms of our political discourse is just kind of like just put that all to the side. We don't know what to do or we know just not to do that much. It's also and- a little bit of same old, same old in Israeli media culture because we we went through this a lot in the 90s of how much we understand, and we'll, and we'll get to the moral question in a moment, but we understand that it's a different moral equation in a ticking time bomb s- scenario versus a regular intelligence gathering scenario. Right. And when they sort of gave more open sanction to ticking time bomb torture, they found an excess of torture. And so judicial review now is required. Although, look. I, I think part of it is also Israel is more, Israeli media, I believe, um, is more cautious when it comes to security issues than you yeah. find foreign media. Um, and since they're not getting any real information that we know about and or that they can, they may have the information, but they cannot um, divulge it, right? Because the media gets all these sources, right. but they can't divulge it because of the censors. So they're more cautious and less, um, so they don't have much to say yet until there's more information comes out, which by the way, again, there has been an inv- investigation has been launched by yeah, the Israeli- That requires uh, review. S- security services well, review it, and all that stuff. So Ticking time bomb torture is a tricky know. thing to make legal because once you make it, once you make the security agent- able to decide what he thinks. It, uh, uh, he'll stretch the definition to include things. But if you make it illegal and he thinks he needs to break the law to save lives, then he'll break the law to save lives. So, and, and he'll face whatever's afterwards and usually afterwards if it's really shown. Right. You know, I don't want to sound too much like 24 or Homeland. About, yeah, it sounds, sounds like a TV scenario, yeah. but that's that's really what they deal with. In other yeah. words, and, and the agent will quote unquote go rogue and then will afterwards say, well, you know, his he, he really was on to something. Right. So keeping it that way keeps torture at a minimum, which in a society built on laws is important. I think the challenge is, is one question is who's the decider? Yeah, well, that's why keeping it... Is to- it the agent on the ground? Is it the legal system? Is it uh, someone else with power? 
I mean, it's or is there some sort of morality and a moral code that defines our society, which is the decider? And I think the problem with this specific dilemma is it's not clear what or who the decider is, which is why it's so murky. Well, no, that's what I th- that's exactly what I think we went through. I think that law is meant to set the rules that our society has. But we determine drawn. the law. Correct. Yeah, that's what law is. So that 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 gets we also to- determine the morality. Hmm. We, 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 just saying, so. like, a, if you're believers and like deities and, and things like that. Okay. If we're saying that like our ethics and morality come from our like a monotheistic faith, for instance, and if we believe like the Torah is you know the written word of God, yeah. then are we deciding morality? Well, first of all, I don't know who we is in this conversation. The state of Israel isn't isn't. A, I meant to be vague. Okay, but I would say, how do you know? <laughs> Good job. What, <laughs> right. What does God think about t- taking apart a terrorist cell? Yeah, I don't know. Do you know? Okay. I think I, there are some people that do claim that, although for sure, right, but that, I don't know. Well, we'll but that, certain, that certainly doesn't guide our courts. That doesn't guide our courts. Our nor, legal system. nor should any. Uh, just to if right. you know, if we're going to put this in into a, a religious context, civil society. Yeah. I am very distrustful of people who say, "Well, I know what God's moral decision would be here," when everything is debatable in any religion, but particularly in Judaism, when law itself is super debatable and ethics and values are super debatable. There are certain things that aren't sure. debatable. Right? Murder is bad, but what what are the moral lines but, in a modern society? You have to determine them, and you have to use the Abraham Lincoln system, which is I don't know what side God is on in this debate. I will try to be on His side. So I, I see in some ways this issue. Maybe you guys will blast me for it, but sort of a little bit analogous to like the security wall, where you have a person's uh, individual rights to a certain thing, right? No, in this case, lack of torture or their, you know, freedom of movement mm-hmm. versus a greater public need of security mm-hmm. and how much, you know, and how much of that balance and how much can you, can you take away from a person rights versus a, 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 another group's security needs? Mm-hmm. That to me seems to be the, the real conflict here. Yeah, but, uh, right. But, it, but uh, it's at a much lower level because the, the, now we're talking the wall- about on the one, almost on the one-on-one level, right? Right. If we're talking about, you know, a terrorist attack that's going to kill, you know, a couple people versus one person's rights. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's Look, a- more basically, I hear the following two positions from students usually. Uh, we're fighting an enemy that is evil and you can't defeat them without using their methods to right. defeat them. If, you, if we keep t- holding the moral high ground, we'll never beat them and we leave ourselves in danger. And the other approach I hear is... And I also hear this from students. Well, if we use their methods, then what makes us better than them or different than them? So we have to maintain a moral high ground. If we take those as the two sort of opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how this should be handled, how how should our society navigate its way? How should our students think about make their decision about how they think the state of Israel? should navigate its way through those two principles. I think the challenge of what you just said is more of a prior question, which is who are we defining as they? Are we defining the specific terrorist or are you defining a greater society from which they're coming? And I think our students, from what I hear, because I do hear those two arguments, aren't clearly in defining who they are. And there's a clear confusion between is it all Arabs, which is something that um, is wrong and it bothers me personally. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. You know, or what differentiates between citizens of Israel and non-citizens of Israel, uh, or someone who's clearly done a, a terrorist act, or is it their political parties and all this stuff? It, the well, clar- say, the I- clarification of who we're talking about, 
um, I think is something that students and I think for any of these conversations needs to happen to get at what Alan was saying, which I wouldn't push back. I would completely agree with. I think the main dilemma here and the main dilemma in the conflict in, in general is individual rights versus collective security and how we arbitrate between the two. And it's really, really hard. And for me as an Israeli, I want collective security because I'm just on that side of the conversation. But I think if I was on the other side of the conversation, I think I would want rights. No, oh, I, I want both. So, <laughs> so as an Israeli, so I don't want the police to torture me if I'm, you know what I mean? So, right. uh, uh, cause there Fair is enough. I don't right? want the police to torture you either. Thanks, Alan. Oh, that's <laughs> the nice thing you ever it. said to me. Well, well, you too, Benji. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could. So let, let's say in terms of <laughs> clarification that vague Arabs as, as the target for we're not let's be clear okay that's not a debatable point in other words you're saying it bothers you because it's false to say that all arabs are terrorists is false correct so when we're talking about here on this issue and i think this what this issue does is it focuses the moral question even more clearly than the security fence and i and i think sort of for two reasons the collective harm that the that the security fence brings is real economic social and cultural inconvenience and I, I don't say the word inconvenience in- is a very powerful word. It is. It is a weak word, but you're talking about uh, making travel difficult. You're talking about delaying travel time, and you're talking about a lack of freedom of movement. Now that may feel like not such a big deal, but think about if your movement. That would really bother me. And I'm anybody. on this side, and I feel like I have limited freedom of movement with all the traffic. <laughs> well, imagine if. If a a government power which you had no say and no vote in was constricting your movement, correct, yeah. much greater than inconvenience. I don't know what the word it used, but it would bother me tremendously. Well, I, I actually well, think they really use the word angry. oppression. Yeah, I might feel that way. I actually I think, think, think so. the word inconvenience is the correct word, but the ramifications of that inconvenience are a lack of civil rights and a moral depression and a, and a feeling of humiliated. So while, but but in essence, I think it's important to separate the actual harm from the implications of that harm. I think the implications are serious. I don't know that the actual harm, and I'm separating it now, and I'm using purposely a weak term for the actual harm caused practically to the political social fabric cause, as opposed to- Totally disagree. Okay, but hold on, let me finish my thought. Mm -hmm. To distinguish it from torture. Torture is a smaller scale. It's an individual or, or a group of individuals. It's not the massive spread out over the population. But you're causing here what to this, let's call him gentleman for the sake of this podcast, <laughs> even though I doubt that applies at all. Uh, this gentleman is almost certainly- Just call him man. <laughs> this fellow- The terrorist? Uh, yeah. He's probably- we ruined. call him a terrorist. <laughs> well, at this point, I guess you have to call him alleged terrorist because- Fair enough. I think his body is probably ruined for life. Like, you don't recover. He's got organs shut down. I'm assuming that the torture is... We're assuming for the sake of this conversation that he was tortured to to stop a bombing that would have killed But But we definitely don't know that until... We don't. Right now, we're just analyzing the moral equation. Correct. He received bodily harm at the end of representatives of the Israeli state. The question is when that happened and if it was legitimate or not. Yeah. And let's assume it was legitimate. Okay. I don't. I don't need to debate that at the moment because we don't know and we won't okay. know for some time. What I'm trying to point out is is that while your case is a fair analogy, 
This is a much more concentrated version of the question of what rights do this, okay. does the state have to preserve security for the masses to violate the rights of an individual? The security wall definitely restricts freedom of movement of well, millions could, of Palestinians. One could also call it economic. Yeah, there's uh, a, 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 economic oppression and violence. You know, you it's know, definitely not violent. You know. It's not well, violence. Violence is the wrong word. In the same way that some in some university campuses, they they trade. You know, oh, he said that, and that's harmful. Well, I don't know. It's not harm. They're not causing physical harm. There is no permanent physical damage to anybody. It's causing economic stress. Yeah, but economic, but economic damage causes yep. health. Yep. Health health yep. issues. That's physical harm. I I, so again, I don't want to get on good because I agree with yeah. your I agree with your final point. We have yeah. this argument all the time. We disagree on this, but I agree with your final point. Yeah. That this is a much more con- that was my point. Is this is much more concentrated. Here uh, you of have the, of the you're, issue. You're literally causing probably permanent right. physical damage to an individual right. so that he cannot cause permanent physical it's damaging. damage. That's the word maybe we can agree on. Yes. The 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 inconvenience of Israeli security measures is damaging to Palestinian way of life on the other side of the separation right. barrier. Sure. We've been using like eight different terms for the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, but I think I think the the level of damage is morally relevant to the it, conversation. But it might be In other words, I, I'm not sure the damage like I, I might be okay with I am okay with the damage because I know uh, it ensures collective security and for me to feel individually safe in my family. Right. Um you know, I, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not arguing it's unjust. I'm not just arguing it's unjust. I'm just you know, all security measures. But it, pa- cause it pains damage. me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that people are in pain on the other side, so I can feel better or safe. Right. I don't know what the adjective is, but by um, the way, it's also so, so that they can feel safe. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking a side in the argument. All security causes harm and damage. It causes, at best, inefficiency. You know, the fact that it takes me much longer to get in an airplane than it should. Causes, but it takes you a lot less time than other people. Correct. All security causes damage. Depends where you are. But to anyway. prevent greater damage, I walk through Ben Gurion in a second. No, you don't. But yeah, I, I can get from getting out of a car to gate in twenty minutes. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's a lot faster. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for than sure. It's if a I was someone else, an Israeli has much is much faster, and an Israeli Jew is even and, faster. And he's, yeah, then in America, right. it's inconvenient uh, for everyone. I've never done twenty minutes. So. Depends yeah. when you get there. But they, a it's what for everyone? Maybe that's exaggerated, but it felt oh. really fast more no, no, than if can. I go to LAX you're or JFK. Not, you can, depending on how many in line. You're, you're not. That's you, not the point. The the, the the additional inconvenience of going through an Israeli checkpoint as an Israeli and an Israeli checkpoint as a Palestinian is the humiliation. And the inconvenience. And the time. The time. It takes much longer for a Palestinian. Yeah. Have you I, ever I, been stopped driving through 443? I've never been stopped. No. Me neither. Look at me. I'm, I'm like... I've been, I've been stopped coming on 35, coming down from hmm. Hebron. Yeah, I'm not... Again, I'm oh, not... Oh, because you look like a settler and you might be dangerous? Uh no, <laughs> I don't no. know. We're off on a weird tangent, <laughs> and, and I don't. Just, yeah. I don't want to debate a new guard who didn't like my picture. I'm not pull me over for like an hour. What? I, <laughs> I'm exaggerating the hour part, but <laughs> it could have been ten minutes. It felt like an hour. I am <laughs> invoking the 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 difference in the equation between okay. a security wall okay. and, and a torture. In addition to the fact that there is a similar moral no, equation. Qua- there's definitely qua- the quantitative difference yeah. here is yeah. There's a difference for sure. So how do we balance the two variables of we must fight like our enemy, and we can't become our enemy. How do we how do we do that going forward? So I I would argue that the main well, I think that's a little okay. So okay, enemy, okay. no, go ahead. Argue. I would argue that 
those two extremes. I, I never like these binary. We're either this or that. Correct. You that, have to find uh, the middle course. To, yeah. You have How to do you a, do that? It has to be a. There has to be a spectrum, and then of course you have to you have to set up a system where you are, um, uh, where you are balancing where where the balancing need comes out of. Just like you talk about collateral damage in a war. There's collateral damage in a war. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that if you're going to fight, there's going to be collateral damage. So how much do you judge that collateral damage versus that? So uh, in Kolokavod, if a guy who were you know you know. We know he's a terrorist, even though he hasn't been through the legal system. We caught him red-handed with the bombs and with everything. We know he's a terrorist. And we're fairly reasonable to know that his cell is still active. There's going to be a terrorism. To me, that that, that kind of ticking bomb would be, I'd be okay with that torture. Okay. That's what I'm saying. If you're looking for those spectrums. I, I don't know that there's serious moral debate about ticking time bomb. Yeah. The question is, and, and to me, and the, the, what I really would argue is I'm a process guy. In other words, you have, a, you have an executive doing these actions. Mm-hmm. It's the job of the judicial and the legislative branches to create a set of laws, and that, that's the legislature's job. Here are the rules of how we're going to do it. You've elected representatives. They're going to argue. They're going to come to their decisions. They'll fine-tune with time what they see works and doesn't. The judicial's job, the judiciary's job, is to interpret those and, and oversight. say and oversight. And the, by the way, legislature also has yeah. a. But you have to make sure that the executive security officers are playing within those rules. In other words, I'm almost not arguing any particular position on the debate. I'm arguing in a civilized society. It's not individuals who make those decisions. It's the system. And you have to have a strong system that can work those things out well. Yeah, but the system is made up of individuals. Correct. So you can, you know. Correct. And they will and anticipate that they will get things wrong and have to revise and rethink and replan and try something else. And whether you're talking about in a religious court of law or, or a secular court of law, it's humans doing the legislating and the interpreting. And so you part of supporting your government means, I support these institutions when they get things right. I support their ability to redo when they get things wrong. I complain when I think they're doing things wrong. And I expect them to fix it. So the first thing is a belief in the institutions of yeah. our democracy. Yeah. So that relates actually to what's actually going on in the news. Yeah. Because yeah. if we're going to have a third election, that will just decrease our, you know, commitment and belief that our the institutions of our mo- democracy are functioning. And if they, we right. don't believe that they're functioning, then it gets to, I'm not saying we're there yet, but it, it, it's correlated, these conversations, which, because of your point is um, that the morality conversation and it's not black and white because it doesn't have to be black and white as long as we trust the process. Right. Um, but no, if by the, the process way, isn't working on a much more macro scale, how can we expect it to work on much more of a minutia of an issue? Correct. I just want to – it's not that we trust it to always get things right. It's that we trust it as the way we will make these decisions. In other words, I'm making an institutionalist argument. I'm saying we have to put our faith into these systems, which me, which puts into the hands of the representatives in our current scenario right now. Mm-hmm. You have to take the institution as more important than you. You have to prioritize the health, welfare, and reputation, which is the point you're getting at. People can't become cynical about the institution. It it it, it damages your society's ability to move forward. So the, playing by the rules now. What and 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 again, I'm not 
I'm not disagreeing with you, Alan, about no, the ticking time bomb moral issue. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I, in fact, I don't hear a lot of debate about that issue. Certainly, in a ticking time bomb scenario, I think the overwhelming majority of our students yeah break his would, legs. You know, I, I think yeah. most majority people. of humans. If, yeah. You know, if you're threatening the lives of hundreds of civilians, break his arm. I, you know, I, 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 that's not that hard a moral question. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But but. I need to know that the institutions that are making those rules, interpreting those rules, and overseeing the enforcement of those rules has to be healthy for a society to move forward in a healthy way. Exactly, I'm answering your earlier question, which was who gets to decide? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, yes, the system is made of human individuals and we'll get things wrong. Make sure the system is healthy, demand it of the system. So no one decides, but it's dictated by the process. We the people decide. Well, everybody decides. Keith. Right. right. The, 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 the society decides through its institutions and process of democracy. Yeah. Through society's uh, employees who work for us. I just throw right. into comment on Benji's last comment about the system and if there's really a lack of, if, if we're in a crisis or not mode. I'm going to do this. And I'm not so sure we are. I'm, uh, I was more, I was more, um, before the second election, I was a little bit more on that side of the fence mm-hmm. of, well, there's a crisis. How can we have a second election? And so, but the truth is the the huge turnouts of voters made me rethink all that. And, you know, it, it may be, Mike, as Mike's saying, this is the system working, actually. This is built into the system. And and the fact is, is that, yes, we have a clearly divided country in many ways in terms of what's going on politically and who we're voting for. And then on the other hand, you know, uh, this is the system working itself out. Correct. And even if there's a third election, I'm not so sure that it's uh, a disaster. We, that we can only, we'll only be able to see, you know, afterwards, afterwards when, when when we eventually, you know, God willing, will correct. Again, if it doesn't. I would say so, it's a stress test of so, the system. Yeah. Definitely. It's a serious stress test. Yes. And you see it in people's, yes, th- you know, more people came out to vote than was expected. But people are getting frustrated and angry that we haven't had a functional government for months Almost a year. Almost a year. It's since November. Uh, you know, so this is a. Yeah. I, I think I, you know. I, I'll choose a middle position between you two guys, and say this is a serious stress test of the system, which so far I is think we could all up. agree on that. Yeah, stress test. Yes. Definitely. The question, though, is: Is the system supposed to produce elections where people get to you know share their opinions, and there's then multiple political parties that that represent them? But does that show the system is working if they can't even form a government? The whole point is to have a government. Because they work for us, but no one's really working for us. If it's always temporary governments are always going to elections, we so people you... believe in the process and then going out to vote, right? That that they right. bought into that. Um, the question is: Is it working if they go out to vote and then they don't get, you know, what they're voting on, which is a government? So the stress test so. is: It's taking way too long for the coalition to be formed. the The good news is that. Uh, yeah, it's taking way too long, and it's almost a year, and it should take it should take several weeks. But it, it presumably it will be formed if if we in fact have no government in perpetuity, then we have a broken but system. It, the broken system also is what you said earlier is that it's about the institutions of our society and our democracy, which are more important. And I mean, this might reflect one political spectrum over another, but it seems that there's one individual holding the system, you know, and he's kind of the puppeteer. It could be. And if that one individual left the political theater, then we would it would correct itself. Maybe. But I mean, one could uh, we could also. And that's like that's just the. The Kaholavan argument, right? Mm-hmm. But if we if we're looking at if we're you know reflecting on the system for a minute, so uh, we also have to see that one of the big issues that 
that that has been being addressed in the last couple of years has been the interplay between the legislature and the judiciary, mm-hmm. right? And who has more power, and who gets to check and balance who, mm-hmm. and who's the real, you know? And that is a major issue. So if we're talking about that, that's supposed to on, on a real practical way work in a situation like that. That that's one of the biggest discussions we yep. have in the country right yep. now. And um, again, I think we can agree. It, there it, are problematic. Yeah. There are really things to criticize in the functioning of both institutions. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the easy criticism is the government now, the forming of the government. Correct. That's a pretty easy And there's, but, there's but, easy criticisms uh, of the Supreme Court. Yeah. You know, to me, the, the, if you're talking you know, in the election season, saying this guy can't run because he's a racist. This guy can't right. run even though he's a racist. Like, I, I don't understand what you're so, doing. Like, and like when it's not, it's not as transparent as it really should be. You need you, it. You, know. you need to say, no, based on point. this criteria, we are deciding on behalf of the people as a judiciary. So, this so conclusion. I, for the last couple of minutes, can I throw like a little like uh, hook in here since we're supposed to be in the teacher's lounge? Go. How do you, how do what you, do you mean get this? Lounge. Saying, I'm lounging. Yeah. We're lounging, <laughs> but we're in a recording studio. So it's no, not Ben took away my Ben's recording chair. studio is I was going to say, this is much nicer than any teacher's lounge that I've ever That's had. That's true. Today, so I'm sorry. Fair enough. Um, but anyway, how, how do you get all this across to our students who are coming here for a gap year and kind of starry-eyed Israel, but then they're like, but your, your political system is messed up or, you know, what's going on or, you know. Well, I'll compound your problem. Or have no even idea that BB's in the middle of uh, hearings. Or- right, right. I'll compound your problem by saying that we're in a system failure. We're in a system stress test in many countries around the world. Right. Certainly, you know, to have an impeachment process in the States and and, you know, the British Supreme Court smacking down the prime minister who can't. <laughs> Who's making new policies that new prime minister because the last one had to step down? Yeah, the and world is going through stress. Test. One law, we are in. We are in an and, and I think we are culturally in a moment where the masses within democracies are in an anti-institutionalist Faith. zeitgeist. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 just sort of oh, all these things are broken and stupid. Uh, you like that's very dangerous. And I also think uh, right, I don't so know how do you get to your students. No, it's in, it's the pri- It's is in really. Uh, I don't know how to get to that because I'm thinking the same question, but a, a different way of thinking that is not so black and white and absolutist. Because in the political society, they're coming from like I'd say in the United States, and also definitely prominent here. You know, you're left, you're right. You're Republican, you're Democrat, you're this or that, and to break that mold of break thinking. It. Yeah. If you come with that mold of thinking, it will be impossible to get to what you're saying, Alan. That the current level, and and, and, and that's way, what we're trying to do in our course with Israel in general. Is correct. Break that mold of thinking, which is let's try and understand Zionism. Let's try and understand who the Palestinians are and, and their interaction in this same land. And, and we, it's not. To, it's we're not saying that when you learn about Palestinians, it doesn't mean you can't be an adamant, proud Zionist and and love this land. And The way I would say it is understanding deeper truths means you have to be able to look at the same facts from different angles and understand different perspectives. That enriches your- There is not your, just one truth. Correct. And, that, and that, that, by the way, I can't think of not only a more democratic basic idea, but a more Jewish basic right. idea. We are a people who are traditionally fascinated by process, right? We, the, the Talmud is a book- Hey, Rabbi of, Mike. No, but really, the yeah. Talmud is a book not of conclusions, but of discussions where people take multiple positions and argue them out. That's quintessential, and, and and it reflects on itself, saying, "Well, they're both right." You know, like that's 
that that is where Judaism and democracy meet, which is which is so essential and so fundamental, which is why the question of can Israel be a Jewish democratic state at some point bothers me because on the Venn diagram of Jewish and democratic values, there are really core issues that they share, which which makes Israel, I think, an exceptional democracy. I think that the institutions stress tests here are not as dangerous as some of the institution institutional stress tests mm. in Israel's allies, which are much deeper and are rocking the system uh, closer to the core. Although I think in in those international cases, also it's a stress test, not a not a collapse. I feel like we should do a uh, part two of this podcast <laughs> on Alan's question. Uh, I, we're educators. I, I, you know, I, I think that we don't we don't indoctrinate values. We educate about them and show the meaning. And some students will go, I agree, and some students won't agree. And we're fighting a zeitgeist where, in a soundbite culture, we go, oh, throw all the bums out; they're all garbage. And you know what? That's also a true perspective. There's a lot of bad people doing bad things in the system, but you have to fight to reassert the system, not. The, the, the partisan battle to destroy your enemy within the system is an assault on the system, more dangerous so, than any political argument. So, I, I mean, that's classic, Mike, and I, I love it, right? Um, but when I walk into a class, which we know I'm kind of taking a little bit of break this semester, but I have done it a couple of times. I did it yesterday, right? And I think we can call Alan um, not only a master I, educator, but a master teacher. Can we say that? I don't know. Not I with him go, in the room, though, right? I was called the wizard. I, I would just say though that um, I, I look at these. They don't understand. They have no clue of the system. They have no clue of it at all. They, mm-hmm. it's, political hold- system in Israel. Yeah, yeah, Israel is a political system. Well, I, I think, country, I think it, they're holding on such a, a low level. Yeah. And, and almost all. I mean, in all the schools, like, yeah. and how do you? And I find this with my relatives who live in. You know, yeah. and ask, oh, so how, what's going? What what is it with that election? And, what a crazy country! How do I, 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 I really have a hard time trying to, to, to educate. Well, because isn't yeah. our course is all about a paradigm shift? It's trying to get a, a personal, I don't know, affiliation identity of the fact that they're a part of this indigenous nation that returned home, and part of being a part of that indigenous nation doesn't mean being a citizen and living here full time, but having an understanding of the language and our system and our society yeah. and our institutions to feel a part of it, feeling even if you necessarily can't vote. And I don't think, because because there's not that feeling of being a part of this kind of national consciousness, um, then there is that just lack of confusion based on the fact it's just not compelling to learn about. Unless it's really, really yours. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't care, unless it really belongs to me, whether I'm a citizen or not. You know, that Aliyah of the mind thing of like, unless I feel, maybe I'm not a citizen of the state, maybe I am, but there's a renaissance of our people and its institutions coming alive again. And that should be meaningful to me. So I think it's partially inspiration. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't know, I'm the wrong guy to ask because I'm, I'm a Socratic guy. I'm yeah. all about getting the conversation going and seeing... Change your Twitter I, handle. But I guess, yeah, you know, I guess that that's where that's where my I am. I think that there needs to be a, a, a focus on the if we talk about it, Israel education is understanding what Israel is as a system as as what it is, and it's for people who don't naturally think that way, because the five ten percent that actually are into that and want it, that 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 works, but the rove or not the mo- the majority of people are not into wanting to understand what the judiciary system is and how it integrates with the is legislature. Is this what you're saying? Are, are, you, so, are you saying that feeling connected to Israel isn't sufficient? You have to understand what the relationship is and how I, it works. I, well, I mean, I would, I would go a little bit a step further in saying that better, a better understanding intellectually and knowledge-wise will bring greater feeling. 
right? Yeah. That, that, that those two come together. Those aren't separated. Those two come, come together. And so how do you get that across to a, a community that doesn't necessarily want to go there? Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that our students often don't want to go there. One of the ways well, I do it, it it's challenging to the communities that they came from yeah. and why okay. they exist in their foundation. But one of the ways that I try to trigger that is by is by invoking, you know, we just came through El Anilo Dodiva Dodili season of I love you and you love me. Yeah. Not to sound like Barney. Yeah. But like if you ask me about my wife, I could tell you what her favorite movie is, her favorite ice cream is, her favorite color is. I could tell you all those things because I love her. I know about her. And if you love Israel, you can't be satisfied with just the feeling that for that love to express itself. Itself. It must be with that level of interest and passion and concern and, and to get to know. To love something means I know enough to love it and I want to know more. That's what falling in love really is, right? So part of falling in love with Israel is our course and what we do. And, you know, if everybody just did things the way we did. I didn't, I didn't mean this to be a commercial. So you're not, I thought you said you're not indoctrinating. We, right. No. <laughs> Hopefully I'm inspiring. You know what I mean? Like, And the, I think that's an essential an important difference. So, uh, in this se- in this season of repentance and becoming better people, and and I think that the re rise of the Jewish state is a national repentance of rehealing to become our natural selves as a Jewish nation state. I think we need to lean on and support the in- both lean on and support, even though that seems contradictory, our national institutions to. I don't view politicians as our leaders. I view them as our servants and our employees, but they are who we've tasked. Representatives. Yeah. We've tasked them with with building to our future of a nation state which balances competing moral imperatives like protecting lives and- uh, Forming a government. And forming a government <laughs> and uh, uh, respecting the rights of individuals, even of uh, your enemies and of opponents. Right. So- it was a lot of lofty topics today, but what are you going to title it? I don't know. I never. <laughs> oh, well, I'll figure it out. But you know, it's a Benji week, so of course we we deal with all these big issues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thanks for coming. I'll take that as a compliment. It is absolutely Huge compliment. a compliment. That's I can't think of a nicer compliment. Yeah. Uh, other than I like your Izod shirt. Uh, is that Re- Izod? Retro. Yeah. Retro. I have no idea. It is. It's alligator. alligator on oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's alligator. A, yeah. Uh, I'm not that out of it. I mean, I still wear your car noir uh, cologne. <laughs> I remember uh, when we all okay, had the same Okay, time to say bye-bye, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Benji. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Ben, for masterfully engineering us to the end of this episode, which this now is. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next time. Bye.